0: Good morning, good morning and welcome. We gather here in the presence of Almighty God to come and to worship, and so I want to say uh, a welcome to all of us gathered in person and those who are joining us online. It's good to be together, Um, thankful for a chance to gather as God's people. Uh, As we begin, I want to share a few announcements. If uh, if you look at your order of worship, um, you'll see on the inside cover information about the children's classes that are going on today. And then also on the back, very end, back of the order is announcements, things happening in the life of the church. And so, um, just one reminder that there is a congregational meeting today after the service. Shortly, we're going to finish the service a little early, around ten. Take a couple minute break, and then we'll have the meeting here. And everyone is invited and welcome. And the classes, the nursery, the preschool, and the children's worship classes will continue um, through the whole through the whole meeting. Um, And Muncha has an announcement on behalf of the deacons about the day of service that's coming up.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, So, yeah, we'll have our first uh, day of service in quite a while. Oh, Oh, thank you. Uh, This coming, or in two weeks, on May 14th, uh, Saturday, May 14th. There'll be three ways uh, that we could serve. We're going to... do some painting here at the Nazarene Church. We'll be planting some flowers at the office and also helping out with GROW, which is a Rockwell neighborhood group. It'll be from nine to 12, uh, and there'll be lunch at the end. So if you have uh, Saturday morning open, please join us um, and guys come make a difference in our community. it would be great. Thank you.
0: Thanks, much. There's a, a link in the weekly email that you can sign up for the day of service. Also. As part of the congregational meeting, uh, there'll be a time that we pass around a, a, a clipboard that you can sign up for that as well during that time. Um, yeah, so just one reminder that, yeah, we'll have a meeting right after the service. Um, and then actually after the meeting, there'll be coffee and fellowship time at the McPherson Playground. So hopefully you can stay after and we can have spend the morning together. <laughs> well, God's called us to come into his presence and to gather in his name. And as we uh, do so, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare ourselves to come before God.
2: Good morning. Will you stand with us and we'll sing together Psalm 23.
3: down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths.
0: This morning we have the privilege of participating in the sacrament of baptism, so I want to invite the Globe Key family to come forward. Well, before Otto is received for baptism, uh, it's good for us to be reminded of this gift that Christ has given to us. Uh, Water points to life. We think of water, and it speaks of life. Uh, Also in the scriptures, we think of the waters of the Red Sea and how the waters speak of God's redemption, that he can rescue his people. The waters also tell us about being made clean, washing. And all these things, life of redemption, of being cleansed, they all, ultimately remind us, all of us, that God can do what we cannot. And so this is a special day for Otto and all of the family, but also for us. For When we see this water, it's a reminder of the gospel of Christ. For those of us who believe, it is a reminder of what God has done. For those who are yet still thinking about what they do believe, it's an invitation to believe that God brings life that god can redeem us from all of our enemies and things that hold us and that god can wash us not just in our skin but the very depths of our being and as otto receives this sign we pray that by god's spirit and through the work of the family and the church that he would come to know that work that god does in christ so let's pray lord we thank you for the globe key family and we thank you for the blessing that they are to us and to the church and to their neighbors, and we, we pray, Lord, for this time, as the water, that you would set it apart, this would be a great moment to mark out Otto as one who's part of this church community. But also for all of us as we witness, it would be a reminder of your grace, that you can do what we cannot do ourselves. And so we come and we ask that you'd help us to entrust ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, so Otto is come to be baptized, and uh, Otto is the son of Rob and Elizabeth, brother to Mabel and George. And so Rob and Elizabeth, let me ask you these questions as you present your son to be baptized. Do you acknowledge Otto's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? And do you claim God's covenant promises on his behalf? And do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for his salvation? as you do for your own. And do you now unreservedly dedicate Otto to God and promise in humble reliance upon God's grace that you'll set before him a godly example, that you'll pray with him and for him, and that you'll teach him the faith, and that you'll strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? What is, your, what is your son's full Christian name?
1: Otto Frederick Globke.
0: Yeah, we'll come over this way you can see. This is Otto this is Otto Frederick Globke. Otto Frederick, I baptize you in the name of the Father. In the name of the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's pray for Otto, Lord. We give you thanks for Otto, we thank you how he is a gift, and we acknowledge that you're the one who's made him and put him in your image. Lord, we pray that you would work through his parents and his family and through the church through all your means so that he would know the grace of Christ. And we pray for Otto that he would become a man. Who finds his courage in you who uses his strength not just for himself but for others we ask this in jesus name amen well i invite you all to stand that we can offer a blessing to otto this is a way for us to remember that we he is being received into the community of christ you'll see a responsive Blessing in the order of worship, I invite you to join. Otto, may the Lord preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. I invite you to stay standing that we can sing together.
4: to pray together gracious God you have called us to gather in your presence that we might know you and be found in you you are our creator and our redeemer and it is in you that we live and move and have our being through the work of Christ you have drawn us near to yourself giving us new identities as sons and daughters We who once walked according to the kingdom of this world, being far off from you, have been given new names through the kingdom of Christ, and it is for this that we praise you. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for beginning a good work in us. While we have been united to you through faith, Lord God, we acknowledge our weariness from this past week, and we ask that through your spirit and through your word, you would restore us whether it be struggles in our workplaces, in our relationships, or the weights and the burdens that we may be carrying in here today from the brokenness of this world, Lord. We ask that you would heal us that we might be healed. We ask that you would breathe new life into our souls this morning. The good news of Christ tells us that you have entered into our pain, Lord God, that you have brought light to our darkness, And that you've given us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. Heavenly Father, may you comfort our hearts this morning as we seek to abide in your rest and be found in you. Lord God, your word tells us that in this life, in this world, we're going to have tribulation. But to take heart because Christ has overcome the world for us. For these things, we give you thanks and praise. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, the children's worship is available for the kindergarten through fourth grade. They can be dismissed.
3: Well, we turn now to our time of confession and assurance. A time where we acknowledge our sin and our need of God and to anticipate and know his mercy. So we'll do this together as a church and then have a time of quiet, personal confession. Almighty God, you have searched us and know us. You know when we sit down and when we rise and you are acquainted with all our ways. Loving Father, we confess to you that there is nothing about us that you do not already know. Give us courage to come to you with all our doubts, all our fears, and all our sin. Forgive us through Jesus Christ, our faithful Lord. Amen. Lord, we confess our sin to you. Uh, We confess knowing that in your mercy, you offer us forgiveness in Christ. So Lord, help us uh, with the open hands of faith to walk in repentance and in new life. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together for the words of assurance that come to us from Philippians chapter one. Let's join together. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Well, as we've been welcomed into God's family, let us also welcome each other in the name of Christ.
1: Our New Testament lesson today is from Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariots to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. Our gospel lesson this morning is from John, chapter 10, verses 14 through 18. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice.
0: Thanks, Will, for reading scriptures. It's thankful for a chance to be with you this morning and uh, to gather and look at God's word. Um, Appreciate Eric stepping in last Sunday to give the sermon, and we moved things back. A a new series that we're looking at, uh, the letter of Revelation, it's the last book of the New Testament. You'll see uh, a note in your order uh, right above the passage, and we're going to look at passages that specifically highlight some of the unique titles that Jesus receives in the book of Revelation as a way to help us understand who Jesus is and his significance for us. Uh, but before we read our passage, uh, I want to start by asking us to think about uh, shopping for a gift. Maybe a, a friend or someone in your family has a birthday, or maybe you're, you're picking it out, or, or maybe your child is looking for a birthday gift for a friend or a classmate. You can think about that experience. You know, When my kids were uh, younger, When it was time to get gifts for their friends or classmates, often we would go to Timeless Toys. This is a store on Lincoln Avenue. It's a a great store, and sometimes the decision process was quick, and sometimes it took quite a while to explore all the possibilities of stuffed animals, board games, Legos, all sorts of art supplies. One of the nice things, part of I share this. One of the nice things about Timeless Toys is that they'll wrap the gift for you. That's a great thing. In my memory, uh, there was always, you know, two or three kind of birthday-like paper options to choose from, and it would o- take my child, you know, like five seconds to pick out the wrapping paper. And so I'm, I'm going to ask, let's think about this for more. Think about after spending, you know, 20, 30 minutes selecting a gift and a few seconds selecting the wrapping paper, it would be strange if at the party all the attention was given to the paper, right? It, all the attention was given to its design or its color. It would be surprising if the gift was set aside after a few seconds and the paper played with for the next 30 minutes. Now, why do I mention that? I mention it because I think it can help us approach the book of Revelation. Think about it. Regardless of how much we know about this last book of the New Testament, it has proven tempting over time to approach the book in a way that's like spending a great deal of time exploring the paper, the wrapping paper, but maybe forgetting the gift itself. A book such as Revelation, it's possible to get caught up or spend time focused on deciphering symbols or constructing timetables or arguing over frameworks for what makes sense. But we have to remember all those things exist to point to the glory of the gift, just like the wrapping paper exists to celebrate the gift. And so what about the gift? What is it? What is this last book of the Bible giving to us? Well, we'll see in a moment the book opens with this statement, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ, five words. And this is a self-identification. This is the gift, an announcement, a a revealing by God about who Jesus is that we might have hope, that we might have a new perspective of the world around us, and that we might have encouragement in what the letter calls patient endurance. So let's look at our passage. We're gonna look at the first eight verses of Revelation. So Revelation 1, verse one through eight, you can follow in your order or your Bible or simply listen as I read. The revelation of Jesus Christ, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. This is God's word, and it's given for our good. Well, as we seek to enter our passage and receive this gift, I want us to ask two questions to help us move through it. The first question is simply, how is Revelation a a helpful gift? How is this a helpful gift to us? And the second question will be, how do the special titles given to Jesus fit into this gift? So let's start by just asking, how is this a helpful gift? Well, this letter was comprised at the end of the first century, and Revelation explicitly addresses itself to the seven churches in Asia, which is modern-day Turkey. And these Christian communities inhabited some of the Roman world's most prominent cities. Everywhere these early Christians looked, their holidays, their social structures, their cultural messages and symbols, all of them affirmed that Rome was in control. That the world was set in motion and directed by the Roman emperor and his powerful empire. And we can think of John himself, the the author of Revelation. He writes this letter while in exile on the island of Patmos, a small island that was a Roman penal colony. John was sent there because of his involvement, because he was a leader in the early Christian church. And his experience points to the experience of the church as a whole, that followers of Jesus, those who identified with Jesus, increasingly felt like outsiders, hated or dismissed. It's in this setting of Roman power that Revelation questions the assumptions and offers a different vision of the world. It's what's called apocalyptic literature. I don't know about you, apocalyptic is kind of like a scary word, but what it's meaning here is that it uses symbols and images and poetic language to cast forth a new vision for us to see, an alternative way of understanding the world and the circumstances in light of God and God's kingdom. For think about this for a moment. The the Christians who received this letter at first, they were inundated by Roman propaganda, billboards or commercials, whatever the equivalent was in that day, telling them about what was true. And very likely, many were mesmerized, or not, if not seduced, by the culture. And in that setting, Revelation is going to proclaim, even in these opening verses, that Rome is not the ultimate power, that Rome is not ultimately in control of the world or your life. And this statement, this alternative vision, was a gift a gift or a mind that there is something other than what they see around them. We will talk more as we go along, but we can just even now ask, what about our setting? How is it a gift entering into our world? Maybe it's a vision that says that the market isn't God. God that our lives and our future do not rest in the ups and downs of the market. Or maybe Revelation is a gift because it says, it offers a vision that affirms that no matter how many hours we work, no matter how many resources we can gather, no matter how careful we are as parents, it reminds us that we're not ultimately in control of our lives or the lives of those we love. This vision is a gift to us as well. Or maybe it's a reminder, an alternative way of seeing and remembering that the actions of others that hurt us or even our own deepest failures and unfaithfulness, that they are not the final words in our lives because of Jesus. Such a vision is a gift. To those reading this letter, John writes, I am your brother. I am your brother who shares with you in the persecution, in the kingdom, and in the patient endurance. Endurance, a a staying power, a consistent resistance, a, a long obedience in the same direction. This is a theme that runs throughout the book of Revelation. That this gift that we receive invites us to endure. To continue to give our allegiance, our trust to one who is worthy of such things. So revelation is a gift, but it also brings us to a second question, how do the special titles of Jesus fit into this helpful gift to us? As I mentioned, our passage opens with these five words that the revelation of Jesus Christ, that the gift is centered in the person of Jesus. And one of the ways that revelation helps us kind of grasp this different vision is by giving titles to Jesus, unique titles. To help us in, to enter into a different reality, to, to challenge the assumptions and the kind of the world around us. These titles are a long list, just some of them are the Lamb, the Son of God, the One who is holy and true, the Alpha and the Omega, the First and Last, the One who died and came to life again, the beginning of all creation, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the bright. In morning star, and the amen. And in three that are in our passage, you might have noticed, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. As I was thinking about how these titles work, I, I had a memory of a, a good friend of mine when I was growing up in Cincinnati. He had a pretty great backyard. There was like all sorts of trees and even a creek at times that would appear there, and we would often wander back there. I have a memory of finding that there was these large kind of rocks that were in buried in the ground. You could just kind of see part of them. And one day we decided that we would spend our day digging out one of those rocks to see if we could get it loose from the ground. I have no recollection of how his parents felt about that. But uh, we spent quite a bit of time with a shovel, you know, digging around it to the point where we could eventually get the blade down next to the, to the rock and use it as a lever to kind of eventually loosen it and, and pop it out of the ground so you could see it. If you can picture that, that blade of the shovel going down and popping out this stone that seemed so firmly in the ground, that's how these titles are meant to function in our life and in the world around us. They are statements that are meant to disrupt the assumptions of the world. They are statements that are meant to disrupt the narrative that's told us about kind of what life is about and, and what it means to be successful. It's bring loo- making loose things that seemed a given. And the titles that are given here are, tell a story. They're, they're a narrative. They're a, 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 an order that Jesus is a faithful witness then the firstborn of the dead, then the ruler of the kings. And so we can ask this question as as the, as the blade goes down and pops forth the stone, the question being, who tells us what is true? Who can you and I listen to? Who and I can we trust to tell us about what is a good life, about who we are and why we're here? Jesus is presented as the faithful witness, The word here is martyr. The word obviously includes the idea of dying for the sake of your convictions, but the key idea is that there is one who bears witness or gives testimony. Jesus is a faithful witness, meaning that his testimony is true. And he does not abandon this truth or his loyalty to God, but endured, even when it cost him greatly. And therefore, in his incarnation, in his life, in ministry, Jesus reveals God in God's ways, telling us the very nature of who we are in our life. And in doing so, He disrupts the narrative of the world because He was living by a different order, a different kingdom. And as a result of this testimony, he was crushed. And with his rejection and crushing, it brings another question. Is the world's judgment final? Are those silenced by the powers forgotten? And Jesus, again, in his resurrections, like that blade popping forth the stone, with the answer, no. The one who was killed is now the firstborn of the dead. If our faithful witness to the reality of God and God's kingdom brings rejection or mockery or suffering, let us remember that Jesus is the firstborn among the dead. The judgment of the world and the power of death was not able to hold him. But it's not just that he rose. His resurrection victory is not just for him. He rises first, but all his people will share in his victory. He will lead forth a train of forgiven sinners, raised to life. He is the first, but not the last. We look to him who speaks what is true. His resurrection reminds us that we will not be forgotten or silenced. And it brings another question. If the world's judgment is not final, then what is? What judgment will endure? The combination of Jesus' resurrection and the world's judgment being overturned leads to the announcement that Jesus is the king, the ruler of the kings of the earth. What that means is he bears witness to the truth, and he's exalted as one who is above all things. That what he says about us, about who we are in him, will endure. Revelation's like pulling back the curtain to help us see that Jesus is the ruler, as at the consummation that all things will be made clear, that he is king over all creation. That his word, his judgment, his vindication will endure. So he is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And these tell a story. They don't just loosen the stones that would tell us about how life actually works or kind of the, the narrative of power. But They tell a story, a narrative of hope. The one who was rejected for his testimony is alive. And not just alive, but alive on behalf of all his people. And that he is the ruler because no power, no king can change that. So how is this a gift? I want us to think this morning that this is a gift because it tells you and me that there is something more than what we can see. There is something more than the difficulties that we face something more than the evaluation or judgment that others are happy to put upon us. There's something more than our resources. For grace and peace comes from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. May this narrative give us hope. For as Hebrews says in chapter 12, let us endure. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews invites us to consider this one who endured for us so that we may not grow weary and lose heart. Let us remember the narrative of hope and how that can be a gift to speak into our current situation. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are and the good news that your narrative of hope, this story of Christ, does not rest in our strength, does not rest in what we have accomplished or will accomplish. But Lord, you've done it. And so let us find hope and strength in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Please stand with us and we'll sing together.
0: have paid the debt we owed you by the blood of your precious son we praise you for doing all the work required for us to be forgiven restored and to be with you always to the end of time it is good and right for us to join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven in the unending hymn So having heard God's word, we're now invited to come to the table that God sets for his people. Whenever we come to this table, it's good to be reminded that it is a gift from God for us. As we remind ourselves often that our our place around the table, uh, the family meal of God, is not because you and I have done all the things right or that we've made all the right promises about what we will or will not do in the future. Of course, we're called to live as God's people, but our place at the table, our place in the family is because God has adopted us in his grace. God sees us in our sin. While we were still in sin and brokenness, Christ died for us that we who are far off would be brought near, no longer on our own, but now part of the family of God. This is the good news that this table proclaims. And if you know of your need and have confessed your sin and put your faith in Christ, then come and make, take your place around this table. So the table doesn't belong to me or to Lincoln Square Presbyterian, but it belongs to Christ, set for all those who have faith in him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this bread and cup, and I pray that you set them apart, that by your spirit you would use them to strengthen us and nourish us. Lord, we come as those who are sinners, who are quick to forget you, who struggle to love our neighbors. Lord, we come putting our faith in you, not in ourselves. We pray that you'd meet us with your grace, that you'd strengthen us to walk in new ways. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. On the night that he was betrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread, and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. If you're going to participate in the Sacrament of Communion this morning, I invite you to come up the two aisles. There will be servers at the front. um, and There's juice and wine that's available. There's also, along with the bread, there is... uh, wafers or prepackaged elements if you prefer to take those but you can come forward and receive those and I ask that you to hold the elements until everyone's been served that we can eat and drink together also if you are not taking communion I still invite you to come forward you can just put your arm across your chest and Pastor Brian or I will offer a blessing for you here at the front where communion is being served let us now come to receive these gifts Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let's eat in faith. And Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let us drink in faith. invite you to stand with me that we can respond to this table of grace as we sing and pray together as God's people. Lord Jesus, you have promised rest to all those who trust in you. By your spirit, soften our hearts that we may hear your voice, turn to you with all our worries, and worship you alone as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Mm -hmm. in the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen you may be seated well, we're going to continue worshiping through a time of giving t- uh, in response to God's generosity. And so I invite uh, for those uh, who are helping with the offering. And as that is passed, I just want to take a moment, a couple of things. One is to uh, uh, welcome everyone, especially if you are visiting today. We're glad that you can be here and join us. Um, if you would like to share your contact information with the church to receive uh, emails, let me know, or there's a contact card on the welcome table as you came in. And a couple other announcements just to, to share. Um, one, I forgot to mention this in the beginning, but wanna make sure you know there is a book discussion today in the community s- uh, space at four o'clock. And I'll see leading that. And you, you might think, well, I haven't read the book, but you can still come. It's gonna be a good discussion. And there's actually a, a link in the weekly email with a uh, interview of the, of the author. And it would be, uh, yeah, it would be great to come. So four o'clock at the community space, you can see the information um, in the back of your order. And the last thing just to highlight is that, uh, just a reminder, there is a congregational meeting uh, shortly after the service. We'll take a couple minutes to kind of let people move and uh, if, they need to, if you need to leave. Um, all, the, all the kids that came up for children's worship, they're welcome to stay, uh, but they can also head back downstairs. Melinda has some board games and th- activities downstairs that they're welcome to go down for the meeting. Um, and uh, the meeting will go until about 1030, and then we'll have a time of fellowship and coffee at the playground. <laughs> I was thinking at the end of the service for well, this is great. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, board games and activities. I mean, who's going to stop them? You know. Really? Um, so um, again, thank you for the work given to the to the work of the church and your generosity. I invite you to stand that we can sing the doxology together.
2: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below Praise him above in heavenly hosts Praise Father Son and Holy
0: Blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace now and forever. Amen. May go in peace.